You filthy animals. How <laughs> <laughs> my buddies over at the R2 Sonic Campfire doing today? Never will. Keep them warm. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You guys should come. You're my good luck charm, man. I always catch fish with you guys. Is, is there room on the bus? Because I look at you guys, and the, the eight or nine of you guys impressed me a lot. You know, because I first Stop ran it. <laughs> okay. You know, no, go on. You guys. Um, I don't do advertising. You're not going to see me on billboards or in newspapers, classifieds, none of that. Well, yeah, there's that because, you know, you guys are awesome. But, uh,. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's comforting to know in case I say something stupid. No, no yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, you're hearing it. Real that's kind of our thing, so yeah. don't step on our turf. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> oh, man, I hope I, I hope I don't. What we're saying is actually new, so uh, that's why we're fumbling a little bit. But it, it's going to sound amazing. Welcome back to this week's Sonic Campfire episode with the Rutten River Pursuits podcast. We are Reality Outdoor Radio, where our mission is to get you in the outdoors by connecting you with the people, skills, and products you can trust. You, you can, can trust, trust them. them. Mm-hmm. I'm Steve. I'm Will. It's Bucky. Hey, I'm Ryan. It's AJ. Oh, my. Whoa. AJ. Hi, AJ. There he is. Hello. There he is again. He's you back. <laughs> He's back. Can't Good keep to this have guy you away, again, bud. Thank you, guys. Thanks for making that trip again, bud. It was a long one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to jump right into it tonight. Oh, like you always do with it's, both feet. It's both April. Feet first. Right? It's April when this is released. And there's only two things on my mind in April. I've got one is carnies. The other is nuclear war. Neither one of those are on my mind. <laughs> those are good guesses, though. What but about, you're, you're close. What about Easter and getting your spring bulbs planted? Trout and striped bass. Oh, you're fishing. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I should have, I should have been more, more clear. Um, a couple years ago, I got this book. Uh, I bought a copy and actually had a copy purchased for me. Um, okay. and, and the name of this book is... Double Down on this book. Yeah, Double Down on this book. The name of this book is Rudo's Guide to Fishing the Chesapeake. And this is the... Most comprehensive book really? on fishing the Chesapeake Bay. It's probably one of the most comprehensive books on fishing a body of water that I've ever seen. Like the, the author is Lenny Rudo, and he goes into very specific detail on the rivers, the bay, like just fishing in general in the bay, and not just for striped bass, which is, you know. Primarily why I wanted to read the book. But for I, all the species, I have to stop you. you have to stop I, me. Catfish sent me a PDF yeah. on how to fish his uncle's farm pond. Yeah. <laughs> it was very comprehensive. Was, okay. Maybe other than maybe than uh, other than the other farm, than catfish catfish's PDF. PDF. If you go down there and you hang a left next to that tree with the three branches sticking out to the south. Three caddy long tails later. Maybe, yes, it was as comprehensive as that. So getting back to this. So I had an idea, right? It's April. I love fishing for striped bass. You do. I I happened to stumble across this book again a few weeks ago. Okay. Why don't we just see if we could get Lenny on the show? That's a brilliant idea. What did you do, Steve? How'd that work out? Lenny, are you there? Hey! <laughs> well, you it made works, it work, Steve. Yep, uh, yep. We we made it happen. Thank That's magic. You. Thank you for joining us, Lenny. Now, uh, uh, Lenny's not just uh, not just an author. You uh, uh, you publish uh, a, a pretty awesome uh, magazine. Have a, a great website, Fish Talk Magazine, right, Lenny? Yeah. Well, thank you. I hope you enjoy it. Um, we we certainly try our best to. Make it as good as it can possibly be at helping folks catch more and bigger fish. That's what it's all about. Can, can you yeah. tell us a little bit about how how you got started doing that, if you don't mind? Oh, my gosh. You know what? It, it, writing about fishing goes for me all the way back to my college days. And uh, then we had the Fisherman Magazine in town years and years ago. Of course, they pulled out uh, during the recession. But I wrote for them for many years 
wrote for a number of other uh, publications across the nation, and you know, kind of felt like it was time to get kind kind of time to get back to roots and uh, give the folks who fish the Chesapeake their own publication. Yeah. We didn't have one for years and years, you know. Yeah. It, so Fish Talk was born. We we made it happen. It's such a huge body of water, too, and you it needs its own focus. It does. It uh, it deserves it. Yeah. I mean, look at how many people go fishing on the Chesapeake Bay. How can we not have a fishing magazine all about fishing in the bay, the rivers that feed the bay, the ocean where it meets the bay, the coast along the mid-Atlantic? I mean, come on. Yeah. Is, is there a more diverse body of water? Hmm. I Tough question. I don't know of one. I don't, I don't know think there is. is. I don't know about diversity, but I liken it. That was an old, old wooden ship. Yeah, it was. Used during the I'm Civil War. I'm pretty sure that they're not worried about an old, old wooden ship. But what I was... Stevie. What I wanted to say as well, guys, is the Chesapeake doesn't get as much credit. or I, I, I don't think... That's kind of what they're saying. Yeah, right. yeah, but like the Mississippi Delta. And I'm a guy that moved that. That's all I sure. heard about from being a Midwesterner. Yeah. yeah. And now you that grew I grew up listening to Robert Johnson. Well, I grew up that, that Mississippi centric. Yeah. And, and until you actually get out of that area, listen to some Billy Joel. Well, but I think that's where I was kind of going with the diversity question. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Mississippi is, you know, the great Mississippi. Um, there's a lot of things to it, but the diversity in the species, the diversity in the ways of fishing it, I think that the Chesapeake Bay might be, yeah. might take the crown here. Well, you know, I'm going to say the only reason the Mississippi gets more played than the Susquehanna is because Susquehanna is such a tough river name to spell. But look, this is true. you or me or any anybody of us. Anybody can spell Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, that's right, right? But look, you, you or me or any of us who, who are living in this region of the country, we can go fishing for trout in a river that becomes tidal where we can fish for stripers, perch, bass, pickerel, that becomes a part of the bay where we can fish for stripers, bluefish, Spanish mackerel, sea trout, puppy drum, flounder, that then becomes a part of the Atlantic Ocean where, heck, we can point the bow east and go tuna fishing. Yeah, I, I surrender. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I wanted to bring out. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. Thank you. And I want everybody to just hit pause right now. Go back 35 seconds. Our hands, our hooves. And replay all of that because you just hit so many species and you went literally from the creeks and the tributaries that feed into the river. From the Donegals to the the Atlantic. That was amazing. I love it. What can I say? (laughs) What's biting down there now, Lenny? Well, right now, we've got the perch runs going on. That's going to be up the tributaries. The fish have mostly pushed up near the headwaters. Uh, it's been a really unusual year. It's been a very sporadic run. There, there was maybe a week of good yellow perch fishing, and then it seemed like they were kind of done, and everybody was waiting for the whites to come in, and then a few whites showed up, but then some more yellows showed up, and then the yellows disappeared, and it's been very kind of on again, off again. Yeah. And I know I've gone for it. Uh, I've gone to perch fish at least three different times. Uh, and every day has been completely different. They're, they're, fish don't seem to be in any kind of really good, solid pattern. They're just sort of all over the place. My son went the other day. They had a really tough day. They didn't catch much at all. And then in the last hour of the day, the fish went crazy and there was nonstop catching. So it really is, it's been an unusual perch run so far. Hopefully it'll hold up for a little while. Do you think that's because of the of the warmer temperatures we've seen this year or this past winter? You know, I'm not a scientist. I can't tell you the whys. I can just tell you what I see. Yeah. And what I see is really a whole lot of change going on, not just with a perch run. You, pretty much you name a species, you can find a way it's changed over the last few years. And, uh, you know, it, it I'm not the scientist. I can't tell you the whys, but there's definitely change of foot pretty much across the board. Is it in what way is it getting in general? If you had to summarize, is it getting is there a way to say it's getting better or worse? I don't know if better or worse are the right terms to use. It's just getting different. You know, you can look at last last year. Last summer was a great example. Uh, Maryland had a new state record set for Florida Pompano. Wow. (laughs) You know, yeah. Pompano came up the bay. 
Uh, I heard of at least four different ones that were caught. One was a big one. They they applied for a record. They got it. No kidding. Uh, uh, there was a gag grouper caught in the Chesapeake. Uh, that was the first one of those I'd ever heard of. Uh, wow. You know, we had the best Spanish mackerel run of my lifetime that, in the middle of Chesapeake Bay. I'm glad you brought that up because I, you know, I I don't Olé. know a lot about you know mackerel Spanish mackerel fishing in the bay, but I just never <laughs> hear that. You just never hear. I never people, heard that. I've never heard that either. Yeah. You just never hear about a lot of Spanish mackerel being. I think they were catching them up in the. Uh, uh, right at the mouth of uh, the, but not the Patuxent. What's the one right south of Sandy Point? There, the Severn River, right? The, the yep. Uh, they they were caught all the way up around the bridge. Yeah. Um, you you know, I would say one out of every three to five years, you hear about a decent Spanish mackerel run that goes up as far as Eastern Bay. Wow. Hmm. Uh, you, you you don't hear about it often going to the bridge, and we kind had of. it for months, and there were more fish just than one could imagine. I mean, it was spectacular to the point that you didn't even really have to do the normal Spanish mackerel gig and go troll planers and spoons to catch yeah. them. I mean, that's normally what you got to do, but people were going out there and just, Casting jigs and catching Spanish mackerel. That's crazy. It's I, a little nutty. It really yeah. is. I think that was three years ago. I was catching them off the coast when I was surf fishing in, in, in Virginia, Virginia the Spanish right. mackerel. But that was just, you know, three day old shrimp. Stevie's still yeah, been out of shape bring, about keep, that. Keep, keep rubbing that in. <laughs> That's pretty cool to yank them in through the surf. I can't say I've ever done that. Yeah. But on, I would eat a three day old shrimp. On dead bait, too, to boot. Oh. <sighs> I figure I had to catch something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hear that. One of the uh, one of the big reasons why I wanted to, to have you on the show was to talk about striped bass fishing. And that is absolutely 100% my favorite it's what you live fish for. in the world to catch. Um, no, whether it's from the shore, shore boat or trolling or whatever, it's just, that's, that's what I love. That's and your deal. That's my deal. And I, 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 what's going on, bud? What's what's nah, heavy on? I don't know. Let it I don't know where Stevie, to start with Lenny. That's yeah. where I'm struggling <laughs> with. So where where do we? Where's a good place to help me out here, co-host Lenny? All right, so can he so look, can he fish this year for these guys? Well, or? yeah, we're gonna get to that. But man, like, where does someone? When you have an okay. expert like Lenny on the show, where do you start talking about? How do you start talking about striped bass? I'm just going to let him, you know, I'm going to shut up and let him talk. You, I wish he would. You, you you started it the perfect way when you said it was your favorite fish. Yeah. You know what? Along the entire Atlantic seaboard, guess what the most popular game fish is? Uh, Take a guess. Drop. I'll guess. <laughs> nope. No. I'm All right, guess saltwater striped. game fish. <laughs> striped bass. Striped bass. Striped Spanish bass. Mackerel. That I is number one. <laughs> now, I'm going to... I'm going to follow that up by giving you a reason to hope, okay? All right. Yeah. So when I was a kid, and I've lived on the bay my entire life, all right? Okay. When I was a kid, and we went fishing, we caught bluefish. And then we caught some more bluefish, and then we caught some more bluefish, and then we caught some more bluefish. I was going to say, that's probably what everybody catches. That that was it. Now, on the radically rare occasions that we actually caught a rockfish, we danced, and we went, oh, my God. This is a state fish. Yes. That was pre-moratorium. Then we had the moratorium put in. It only took five years, six years, whatever the moratorium was. Moratorium goes out. The next thing you know, you got more dang rockfish swimming around in the bay than you can. Are are the numbers down? Yeah, they're down. Should you be, you know, in freak out mode? Oh, my God. Is this the end of the stripers? Heck no. We've seen it a whole lot worse than it is right now. So start there. Okay. Don't. A lot of people have been yelling, we need a moratorium, we got to leave these fish alone. Well, you know, we definitely want to improve the stocks. We want, we want to bring them back to where they were 10, 12 years ago. Uh, but but phew, believe me, the fishing today is nothing like it was when I was a kid. When, when I was a kid, if we had a season like last season for stripers, we would have been going crazy at how great it was. Really? That's totally. good to know. Yeah, got to keep the perspective. Totally. Yeah. Unfortunately, I just dated myself, but hey, that's life. <laughs> well, I guess I mean let's take a step back and talk a little bit about 
about your book that 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 I brought up earlier. How how did you go about putting all that information together? Because that is that is literally an encyclopedia on fishing <laughs> the bay, and, and in particular striped bass. Yes, sir. That that book took about eighteen months to put together. Uh, I was capped by the publisher. The publisher, I gave the publisher a draft when I was, I would say, 70, 80% done. And they said, stop, you're not allowed to do anymore. The book's getting too big. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they little, literally shut me down. And I, I wanted bigger charts in there. You, you may have noticed I got, you know, charts in all the yeah. different sections on the bay showing all the hotspots. And I, I wanted them bigger and I wanted more. And they were like, no, this is already too big. We're not going to be able to ship this thing. So, uh, so they cut me off where it was. But, you know, I'm the first to admit that no one person is going to be the expert on every corner of the Chesapeake. It's just too darn big. Sure. So, uh, you know, on areas that I wasn't so familiar with, I leaned on the help of friends, uh, captains, good anglers who I trusted, uh, talked to some folks at CBF, talked to some local folks. And what I would do was, and, and I did this a bunch of times, it worked really well. I would tell someone I just wanted to take him out to lunch, and I wouldn't tell him why. <laughs> and then when I showed up, I had my chart book tucked under my arm and I had a, and I had a pen and we would sit down and have a nice lunch. And about halfway through, I'd pull out my chart book and I'd say, look, do me a favor. I'm working on this project. I'm working on this book. Will you just give me five good hotspots? Yeah. Five spots. I bought you fries. Give me some spots. That's right. <laughs> Food for fish. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to start bringing you know, a chart book with me. I, I like, go, I like what you're doing there. <laughs> yeah. I should do that when I go into a tavern. It, yep. it worked really well. You know, there, there's through my life. Like I say, I've been on the bay my whole life. I've gone where the fish go. I've always had a boat on a trailer, uh, or boats on trailers. So I could hitch up and go wherever the fish were. And I fished a lot of different areas, but you know, you talk about somewhere like the middle Rappahannock. I mean, my gosh, there are people who live there their whole lives who haven't covered all that water, you know? There's yeah. just too much water. So you, you need you need local knowledge, local insight. You really do to, to really drill down to some of these finer finer areas and these finer things. So can I ask this? And, and You can. I know that this is like a a high level question, but what makes a good spot? Like, and I, it just, to me, uh, I don't even know what I'm looking for when I go, you know, you're just kind of, you're going to the, I I do a lot of guides fishing, you know, guides take Mm -hmm. me everywhere I go on the Chesapeake. You're relying on the expert. Yeah. But like, what if I, what if I didn't pay for a guide? What do I do? On the bay, on the bay, here's what makes a good spot. First question is what time of year is. Second question is what species are you targeting? Third question is do you have the right gear to reach the depth you need to reach and keep your lure bait there? Fourth question is what's the temperature? What's what's the seasonality? Fifth question is what's the current doing? All right, what part of the tidal cycle are we in? Sixth question is going to be what has been the prevailing conditions? Has there been bait around? Has there not been bait around? Uh, the list goes on a lot of and on and on. So there's, there's no such thing as, you know, the hot spot. And this is one of the things that actually I try to explain in the book. I, I hope, I hope, I hope the point gets across that, you know, there are hot spots that are hot for a day. There are hot spots that are hot for a week. There are hot spots that are hot for a month. Yeah. There are hot spots that are rarely, but sometimes hot for a season and in general, all these spots are going to be hot yeah, one time, two times, every three years, every five years, maybe every 10 years. Oh, wow. You know, it changes. It yeah. rotates. It changes every – it can change every day. A great example would be the hill at the mouth of Eastern Bay. That is a spot that, I don't know, 15, 18 years ago used to have 200 boats parked on it on a summertime week weekend. And today – the last five years you go to the hill, you know, you see a few boats trawling around, but that's it. There's like nobody there. Um, I've had some really, really, really good days there in the last five years. Um, you know, word didn't spread fast enough before the fish moved on for it to have 200 boats on it again. Yeah. But this is, this is the thing you, it's really tough for a guy who doesn't 
know a whole bunch of spots because what you really need to do is on any given day, you start where you think they're going to be, where you heard they might be, but you're going to have to try spot after spot after spot after spot, condition after condition after condition, and just try all kinds of different stuff until you sure. figure out what works. So you think you could build like a matrix with spots mm. and conditions oh, and, man. and then try to actually pinpoint and say, okay, so based on this tide with this type of bait in at this time of year, this is the species I want to target and this is the place to go. The name That's of the, so I the believe do it. The name of the app Spotify. Yeah. Oh, wait. I, I think there are a few apps that attempt to do <laughs> that. I have yet to find one that really works. Okay. But, you know, all of us try all the time to use our big human brains to do this, and we fail miserably quite yeah. often. Uh, I'll say. <laughs> True that. I'll say. Lenny, could you walk our listeners through the uh, uh, the the striped bass migration uh, up the bay, how, how that plays out in, in the different points, you know, throughout that uh, that spawning migration where, where people can actually fish for or what? I guess technically used to be able to fish for them at certain points of the year. Uh, but uh, walk us through that if you don't mind, please. You know, it's kind of funny. I, I can, I can tell you that historically we thought that by mid April, the vast majority of the fish had spawned and we could safely fish for them. Yeah. Um, you know, that really doesn't appear to be true anymore. I mean, guys have been catching the heck out of really nice stripers the last week or so. Uh, of course, you know, in, a, in another couple of weeks, they're not going to be able to. April shut down. March was not, they didn't have time to shut down March. Yeah. So guys are still catching release fishing, and they're catching more than they would have ever expected. Let's put it that way. Um, I, you know, I got I to gotta caution again. I'm not a scientist, but sure. my observation would be that the uh, spawning season has accelerated. It has moved up in time. It's it's happening earlier now. I'm 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 concerned that that could be one reason why the, why the last couple of years we've had such awful spring trophy seasons. Many of the fish may have simply left by then. So you know, so you don't think that historically you hear people say you know when the bay temperature is around you know forty four forty five degrees then they start making their way up into the rivers or something something like that. You don't think it's temperature necessarily all temperature-driven? Well, it's temperature-driven. It's also driven by the number of hours of daylight, or I guess minutes of daylight, you okay. know, length of day. That has an effect. Uh, fresh water entering the bay has an effect, how much fresh water is coming in. But it's interesting you would bring up temperature. I was checking the temps just the other day when I was working on the uh, – fishing reports for fish talk we do a weekly fishing report that covers you know the whole bay yeah and i was looking at the water temps for the cbbt all the way down at the bay's mouth it is mid-march we we should have just come out of winter i'm not sure we ever really had one this year yeah who, who wants to guess what the water temperature is where the bay meets the ocean right now 50 you think it's in the no, 50 no it's actually way. in the mid 50s are you serious? In the 50s. and number yeah, one it, i'm not i'm shocked yes but how did he know that? I, I made it up. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. But I guessed it pretty good, early on. Good guess. Oh, good guess. Wow. Yeah. wow. But, but, you know, I'm stunned. if we were looking at the temps from, you know, 20 years ago, I, I'm just guessing here, I'm pulling this out of the top of my head, it probably would have been in the mid-40s, not the mid-50s. It, it's you know? probably because we've had a mild winter. Is that something? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it, it just, it seems like, you know, the winters are getting more mild all the time, doesn't it? So, you know, me, in, meanwhile, all of that said, the, 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 the progression is pretty straightforward. The fish enter the bay when it's really flipping cold out. Some of them overwinter in the bay. They move up the bay, up into the tribs. Uh, by the time it starts getting into the fifties, they start getting ready to spawn. They do their thing and they migrate out of the bay by Mm, well, by the end of May, you're not likely to see fish much over 30 inches anymore. You're not likely to see any migratories. You might find some residents that are 30 plus inches. So I have one. I'm drawing this weird correlation. I'm guaranteeing no one else is Go on. is thinking this way. A hundred percent of why we're not able to fish for stripers is Punxsutawney Phil. Potentially, that could be it. I'm blaming the groundhog. You're blaming the groundhog. Uh, maybe six weeks of 
Six of, weeks away. Of spring. Yeah. Is Punxsutawney Phil located in Pennsylvania? Yes, he sir. sure is. We can track him down uh, if you want. <laughs> Not too far I, from us. We either. need to find that guy. <laughs> Talk to him about stripers. Yeah. So, see, some of the spawning fish actually will winter in the bay, Lenny. Oh, yeah. Warm water discharge at the uh, power plant. There, there's actually more than one. There's a, there's a couple. Of course, Calvert Cliffs is one that gets most of the notice for most of the folks. Uh, most seasons, you, you, you can catch fish there, you know, basically year-round. Right through the winter, you'll, you'll find fish there. It changes, you know. Yeah. Weeks will go by where you don't catch any, but, you know, then all of a sudden you're catching a ton of them again. Hey, mm. fish come and go. But mm. they're out there. They're, they're out there. You know, an interesting thing to consider is that 15, 20 years ago, North Carolina had an excellent winter striper fishery. Yeah. I mean, it, it supported a charter fleet. They had guys going out and fishing for stripers every day. Yeah. That's, that's long gone. That hasn't, they haven't seen a striped bass in many, many years in that oh, winter really? fishery. It just doesn't exist hmm. anymore. Hmm. So when, when you go striper fishing, like say, say this time of year, what would you do? This time of year, honest answer, uh, I'm going to go perch fishing, or I'm going to go snakehead fishing. <laughs> You're not um, going to go. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I got my boat sitting on a trailer right next to my house. I could have hitched it up. I could have gone striper fishing today. Um, while I strongly believe that recreational anglers who want to go catch and release those fish should be able to do that, and I don't believe it has any tremendous harm on the fish themselves, they, you know, the, 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 the poor science that we do have shows that in the cool, saltier water, they're, they're okay. Mm -hmm. But personally, you know what? I just don't want to harass the fish. I'm happy to let them do their thing. Um, those big fish, you know what? I can, I can pull up plenty of pictures from when I was younger where I'm holding up a big, giant fish. I, I don't really – I don't feel the desire to go bother those fish. I'm happy to let them do their thing. Well, that, that's – that's big on you. I, I hope that uh, you want to get to that point I hope one day. Yeah, maybe. honestly, and I, I say that with all you know, with all with sincerity, all due respect. Yeah, I hope it's someday I'm able to fight that or <laughs> urge enough. <laughs> well, uh, it's well, it, you know what? It's, it's tough. It's nice. It's 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 a luxury to be able to feel that way. I remember very well when I was younger, and man, I wanted nothing more than to catch that 40 inch fish. Yeah. I mean, that was like everything, you know? Yeah. And, and I would, I, and I would hate the thought of denying someone that opportunity. Everyone should be able to go out and do that. They really should. Yeah. Is it, how, how do you think? So we, uh, a few months ago, we had Dave Sikorsky from Maryland CCA on, and he walked us through the new uh, spring regulations. <laughs> Are you hearing a whole lot of, like, what's the fishing community in Maryland saying about that now? What are the thoughts? Yeah. Uh, a lot of guys are upset. A lot of guys are upset. Um, that, and I think that, you know, normally, historically, I would not have been, been getting emails with so many pictures of rockfish in March as I am this March. I think yeah. guys are going and doing it because they still can. Yeah. They know they're going to be shut down in April. They're not happy about it. Really, honestly, the worst thing about it is that it was done to put a number on a graph so that people making regulations could say, look how many fish we saved. And they really don't know what that number adds up to. It's, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind to say that it's a best guess. <laughs> and nobody really believes it's going to really help the fishery in any big giant way. It's, yeah. it's more just putting a number on a chart. That's yeah. it. And uh, that's, that's the wrong reason to close a fishery and deny people the opportunity to go out and go fishing, not to mention the fact that you're also cutting into the tackle shop's margins, right? Yeah. People are buying less stuff. Uh, you, the marinas aren't filling up the gas tanks and boats. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of econ economic pain that, that goes along with shutting down a fishery. I'm telling you, I can't walk out of anglers in Annapolis and not <laughs> drop a $100 bill. You know, even I'm... Uh, I go in there to get bloodworms. That's, yeah. that's on your way out. Yeah. Dropping an extra hundred. <laughs> I go in Imagine there to get bloodworms and come out with you know six grocery bags worth of stuff. Yeah. And I, <laughs> like you said, I'm, I won't be doing that a couple times this you know this spring. Yeah, I, I don't know if you all went to any of the. I don't know about the winter fishing shows in Pennsylvania, but in Maryland, all the winning fisher shows were greatly depressed. 
Uh, it's kind of funny you mention anglers. I was in there this afternoon buying minnows and grass shrimp, uh, and the guy I was fishing with was Dave Sikorsky. So That's crazy. Obviously, we had a lot of well, discussion yeah, about it's this. It's a small world, isn't it? <laughs> How funny is that? Yeah, he's a good guy. Awesome. We enjoy talking uh, with Dave. We had a good time. I even I'll even forgive him for out fishing me today. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. There's a sound problem. What'd you think? <laughs> Don't go there again. <laughs> You're gonna give Will palpitations of the heart. Ooh. So so that live bait you were picking up at Anglers today that was for perch. You said. Well, we went with the intent of catching snakeheads, but we, you know, we also got some grass shrimp because we figured there could be some white perch moving up the river. Um, I'm sure there were, but we did not find them. We we did end up focusing more on the snakes. It uh, just did not happen very well for us. Now, but that's fishing, right? No, that's yep. fishing. Are, Steve, are you... the snakes going after the top water yet? Like, are no, like. By all accounts, no. We we did not try. Well, actually, we did. Dave threw a, a couple times, but uh, a frog a couple times, but we weren't focusing on it. All the reports that I've been getting have been saying that it's been big bull minnow and subsurface lures like swim baits, chatter baits. Um, the snakes aren't in that you know crazy attack mode on the surface just yet. Now the water temp, all the way up to transquaking, like all the way up. With 65. So it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty darn warm up there. What? That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And we did see a few rolls on the surface. We didn't see any real busts, but we saw a few rolls. And we talked to a couple guys back at the ramp. There were a few fish caught, not a lot. It did seem to be an off day. But the other thing about the reports that I keep hearing lately is, you know, you got to have that sunny morning leading into that sunny afternoon. They, they they like it warm. They want it hot. They want it to warm up. Yeah. Okay. I'd say it's about ready to start throwing the top water then. 65. Yep. Has, has that has that started the bass spawn early? Got me. Oh, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, we were all the way up. We we're fishing in the, you know, basically in the headwaters coming out of uh, Higgins Mill Pond. Okay. So... You know, it's 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 up there. Um, wow! I don't know some of the some of the smaller bodies of water. I guess it could be. Wow, that's that's crazy that it's that warm in March. But hey, well, things are changing, like you said. I got a couple of bass ponds. I got to hit up here pretty quick. Then, yeah, with that, yeah, information. Small yeah, farm shoot. ponds that need need Holy some tendon cow. too. <laughs> so, so no luck on the perch today. No, the perch did not happen for us. We weren't really in, a, in in the right spot to focus on them. That was let's call that the backup plan. That was the backup uh, fish. Oh, gotcha. Plan B. <laughs> so the backup fish that failed to come through. <laughs> so I when, hate when that. you're fishing for these for snakeheads, this sounds a lot like bass fishing. With just uh, if you're in a live bait for bass, you you know throw a big minnow underneath a bobber and let it soak for a while. Is that is that similar? You soak them in. That totally works. It it is very similar to bass fishing in a number of ways. Uh, the the one exception I would point out is that often these fish are once it gets really warm out, they're way shallow. Like their backs are sticking out of the water shallow. You know, you'll oh, wow. you'll find yeah, you'll find a bunch of weeds in, in six eight inches of water, and that's where they want to go. Um, you know, there's one big difference between snakehead and bass. You know what that is? What's that? The snake, the snakeheads taste really, <laughs> really, really good. Really, that's what we've been hearing. We we they actually are had some. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, catfish brought that yeah. dip over that time. We had some. What was that? Thanksgiving, I think we had have some you, snakehead. Dip. Stevie, have yeah. you ever went after snakehead? Never. Never. Never once. No. Nope. Are you guys seeing them up 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 in PA? No. Not. Uh, we hear tell of them. Yeah, yeah. Just, everybody talks about it. Every once in a while, you'll a see a Facebook a post yeah. where someone caught one. No out of proof a certain, of life. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, well, you but, guys do have you guys do have at least one species I'm downright jealous of, and that's the walleye. Man, I love oh, the walleye. Really, mm-hmm. Bucky, talk to us about walleye a little bit. What's your your well, right now you, spot. we can't target walleye sure. on the Susquehanna guys um, because they're spawning and they're getting ready for the spawn. Um, you took us out there last what fall? That was in October time frame, wasn't it? Yeah. So we, I caught my first one. 
mm-hmm. under the bridge there. Yeah. I may know a few places. Yeah. That's the only one you told me about. So far. He's that, holding that's down. A good, that's a good spot, though, guys. Break out your chart. I'll mark this new hot spot. Yeah, <laughs> Lenny. Yep. We've got a place way up. Buy him a cheesesteak and he'll... You got you to buy him lunch first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't... You don't have to do that. I'll, I'll mark it on your map. Just He's easy like I Sunday am, morning. Because I want people to have a good time, and this place is, a, is not a secret. Do at you, all. Do it's you ever underneath the 81 South Bridge. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> People got to pay for that kind of We'll put that on our paid content. Set. No way. Yeah. Come down and hang out. There goes Stevie's book he was writing. Oh, man. <laughs> Lenny, you ever get up this way to fish at all? On occasion. Yeah. I can't say a heck of a lot, but on occasion. Um, I've, I've been stumped more than once by Pennsylvania Wooders. Uh, I actually end up running up there more than any other time in the middle of the winter when down here in Maryland, we don't have sufficient ice to ice fish. Okay. Where, where do you come up here to ice fish? Yeah. Like to New uh, York? So the most, most commonly, uh, Lake Marburg and Cadoris. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. We, yeah. uh, we know where that I've, is. <laughs> I've spent a lot of hours drilling holes on that lake and uh, often catching nothing. Yeah. But on, on occasion, pulling up a walleye or two and getting very excited about it. That's it. Did you get ice, AJ? Did you guys get ice this year? No, none. Yeah. None He's at all. AJ's north of us even, and not we didn't no get ice. a lot of ice. No. Didn't, you know, it, it was rare. That That's a tough lake to fish anyways. From what I've only ever fished it once or twice. You got to troll them on a har- yeah. on a worm harness to get the walleye down there. Yeah, they, you know they they stocked uh, I, they stocked stripers in there a few years ago or last year maybe a year or two ago. So we'll see what happens there in another I guess another year or two. See if that took. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's crazy. I didn't realize you actually came this far north. I didn't know you were an ice fisherman. Oh, I love it. It's, uh, you know, you get out there, you dress up, you get out there in the middle of the winter yeah. and you're cold and miserable and freezing to death. And you look around and think, good Lord, what kind of idiot am I? <laughs> What's and wrong with the me? the tip up goes up. Oh my God. It's such a rush, it right? All makes yeah. sense. Backpack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we didn't, uh, we didn't get a chance to go at all no. this year. No, I, I you know, if if not PA, then I'm running out to Deep Creek, and uh, I got some friends out there who I you know kind of keep tabs on the ice report. Yeah, they get and, ice. Um, I I I never really heard come on up. It it just didn't happen. Hmm. Now, have you fished Deep Creek in um, you know open water? Summer times. Couple times, not recently. In years past. It's a big darn lake. It's a tough it lake is. to figure out because it? it's just so massive. Yeah, I, I think the the only time I was ever there was was before I got the the fishing bug. You know, we were there on a family vacation. Yeah. Um, but I can imagine growing up near Raystown Lake. Uh, for us, another big giant body yeah. water that's you know historically a difficult one to fish. Terrible. I, I could imagine Deep Creek's a, a lot of the same same thing going on there. Believe it or not, that's how I got my start ice fishing. I, I was out there with my family as a kid. We were whisked to go skiing. Yeah. And I'm standing at the top of this hill, and I'm sliding down the hill, and then I'm sitting in the cart, and I'm going back up the hill, and then I'm sliding down the hill, and I'm <laughs> sitting in the cart and going back up the hill, and I'm looking down from the hill, so and I'm beautiful. seeing this frozen lake. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's it, it looks magical, too. You know, uh, if... That's a place where we skied uh, several times. At Wisp, yeah. And not a, there isn't that kind of view, you know, where you have like the best of both worlds. If you're an outdoorsman, you're on the mountain for a little bit and you're looking at the at the lake. And I've never been there. Oh, I've you, heard you would a lot about you'd it. You would love it. Yeah. You should probably include that in your journey. You wouldn't be year. skiing. No, <laughs> I can't imagine I can you would. Guarantee you that much. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I want to get back to the the uh, snakeheads if we could real quick. Yeah, let's do that. Because as we know from the stuff catfish brought up, mm-hmm. and as you've just said, they are delicious tasting fish. Right. Um, very similar to bass fishing. 
But what's the fight like? So I have yet to catch one. What's the fight like on those snakeheads? I've heard tell. Well, I'm going to say the strike is everything. Okay. They they give a violent explosion. They often wake the bait, so you see them coming like a torpedo. Oh. And and they had just have a vicious attack. Once you got them on the line, they fight. They fight pretty good. I, I wouldn't call it extreme. You know, nothing crazy. They don't often do any big jumps or anything like that, but they give a good hard fight. What's funny is it, it's all it's all like at the beginning and at the end. Because what's funny is once you net one of those fish and bring it into your boat, don't you dare think you have it under control. Like, <laughs> okay. don't even think that for a second. And kind of the, the saying amongst the snakehead sharpies is, you haven't really caught a snakehead until you have shut the cooler. Uh, because those fish are oh. magical at getting out of your hands and going over the side. <laughs> really? Is it like, yeah. uh, like a like a muskie? Is there like a slime almost, like a film? There's a definite slime factor. I think I'd liken it more to an eel, frankly. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Huh. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult to control those fish. And they're a little toothy. Yes. Very toothy. So so you hold it behind. What's the best way to grab them? Behind the head or, or like under the gill plate? Most, most guys use those lip gripper things. Okay. You know? They clamp down on them. Um. I can't say I have a pair of those on my on my little boat. I got one on the big boat, but uh, I just kind of grab them and dive on them and lean on them and struggle with them and get them in the dang cooler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, snakehead wrangling, yeah. <laughs> we need to do that, Stevie. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, our, our buddy on the podcast is uh, Uncle Catfish, and he loves to go down to to uh, Blackwater. Yes. Yeah, that's one of his. Mm-hmm. His favorite coach. That's his haunt. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's definitely on the list for this year. And I saw you were down there just recently for uh, one of the videos I saw on Instagram. You so were- we actually shot that last year. Um, oh, okay. And then since it was coming back up, I guess some of the guys in the office thought it would be a good idea to, to post it in some different medium. We, we didn't, we didn't post it on social media when we first did it. We just did it on okay. YouTube. Okay. And, um, uh, but, you know, obviously the information is still good. I mean, that, you know, we had a lot of good how-to info in there. And to yeah. give credit where credit is due, because, you know, I cannot claim to be the foremost snakehead expert in the world. I'm not, right? Uh, I enjoy it. I love it. I've done it sometimes. But uh, the guys that we went down there and talked to are the real experts. That's Kaz and David. And uh, they're the kind of the brains behind uh, snakeheadlife.com, mm-hmm. which despite the name snakeheadlife.com, is not a website. It's a Facebook page. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know how they came up with that, but that's what it is. So, uh, but in any case, these guys do a pretty fantastic job of communicating to other folks uh, how to go catch snakeheads. And uh, one of the gentlemen in that video, David Confair, is actually one of the guys they call the bait boys. They catch the big giant minnow. They call snakehead destroyers. And okay. uh, they they sell them to fishermen to go for the snakes. Now, are, are those the guys that are selling the bait, like, right at the lake there? They or usually right sell them. Uh, well, they're, they're just off of, off of Blackwater at the Wolford store, which is a general store okay. that is kind enough to let them kind of operate out of the back of their pickups okay. in the parking lot most of the time. Now, I'm just going to tell you right now, and for the record, I'd like... Wolford store does not pay me anything. This is not a plug <laughs> or an endorsement. Okay. But if you go there and you don't get a cheesesteak sub, you're nuts. Okay. You're nuts. <laughs> cheesesteaks are just awesome. Good to know. I'll drive, I'll drive 20 minutes out of my way when I'm going fishing to go there and get the cheesesteak first. No way. Can I get your book at that store? You know, I don't think so. <laughs> the Wolford store. I don't think so. You can you can find Fish Talk magazine there. They do get the magazine. There we go. That's a start. I need to start picking up on the, some of this stuff. So I'll get a cheesesteak and a Fish Talk. So, so boom to go. If if you crack open the cover of Fish Talk, Lenny, what are what are we going to find? So what you're going to see is how to where to fishing information. When I said earlier that our mission is to help people catch more bigger fish, I wasn't kidding. Like, that is our stated goal. That is my personal mission in life. 
you know, I want a kid or a new angler or a single mom or whoever to be able to open that magazine. And when they close it, they're going to have a better idea how to catch fish. Uh, I want a seasoned angler to be able to do the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, every article is not going to be perfect for everybody. Uh, but, you know, we try and keep a really diverse mix in there of Chesapeake Bay angling, coastal angling, freshwater angling. We got some fly fishing. We got some kayak fishing. Um, we, you know, we, we try and do our best to keep a really broad spectrum that's just focused on the mid-Atlantic zone. We're talking Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, D.C., Virginia, that zone. That's right up. Uh, it's right up your alley. Right up our alley. Yeah, and it, it is. It, there are a few places. Five in, by five. Five by five. There are a few places in Pennsylvania, quite a few, where you can actually pick up that that magazine as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. We have pretty pretty good distrib distribution, uh, mostly through Southern PA. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's funny because I often find, and some of the folks in the office were a little surprised when we started doing that and it worked and people picked up the magazines. I was not because I often find that when it comes to people who fish the Chesapeake Bay, when you get out to areas like Western Maryland, Southern Pennsylvania, the anglers that you reach are really dedicated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're willing to jump in the car and, and drive or trailer a boat. For an hour, two hours, every time they go fishing, they're they're dedicated anglers, and and, and that's the thing that makes a, a publication like that so helpful. Is you know I'm I'm an hour and a half, two hours away, and you know I, I don't want to. I only have so many opportunities each season. Yeah, you want to make you know, the best fish. Of it. So yeah, yeah, you want to make the best. So you want to know what's biting and where. And I mean, it's still fishing, no matter what. But uh, ha having those tips or, you know, that, that matrix that Ryan talked about earlier is kind of, you know, you, I think that's kind of what you're trying to achieve you know, through, the, through the magazine is to really you know, tell you, uh, take all those, that guesswork out of it and just go here and, and, and use this and, you know, uh, this tackle, that bait, whatever, go to this spot. Uh, it takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. So for someone like me that's, you know, going to have three, four chances to fish, the bay each year. I don't want, I, I just don't have the, the time to go. I don't want to say put the work in myself, uh, but that's really my excuse. <laughs> I don't have the time to put in the work myself. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's, it's just a matter of geography and time availability. And when you do do those three, four trips a year, I want you to be successful. I right. want you to come back next year, you know, Having lots of anglers, people don't realize this. A lot of people complain sometimes about spot burning and, oh, don't tell everybody how to do this and don't help them. I had to learn the hard way. You know what? That, that's just selfish garbage. The fact of the matter is the more happy anglers we have in our fishing community, the bigger a voice we have. The rockfish situation is a great example. Yeah, We could do studies right now that are not prohibitively expensive that would tell us exactly what the status of this fishery is, exactly how catch and release affects the fish in the different water temperatures in the different places at the different times of year. We could know all these kinds of things instead of be instead of just guessing them. Yeah. The problem is you need the political will to to do these things. And the answer to that is the public we need a strong fishing public to stand up and say, this is what we want. This is what will make a better fishery. Sure. That's great advice. Uh, you know, I, you know, being in Pennsylvania, you guys have a great example. Look at your trout stocking. Do you guys have a good trout stocking program? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And would that exist without a whole bunch of people out there saying, man, I love going trout fishing. Not a chance. And that, that is, right. uh, it, it, that is huge up here. You know, we shut down, during March, uh, you know, specifically for stocking, you know, those lakes and, and, and streams where they stock are, yep. are, are closed. Uh, and that's a tough month, you know, cause you can't, you know, you, you just build up that anticipation. And, you know, we've talked about it on our show dozens of times about the first day of trout season uh, is, is just, it's a madhouse. It doesn't matter where you are, what stretch of river, lake, pond, you know, whatever you're fishing at, it is, 
shoulder to shoulder. Well, until this year, I heard they can't be within six feet of me. Well, yeah, six, yeah, we're that's gonna have right, to wait. Social that's true. This that, that's that's one advantage going to work out. So no more shoulder to shoulder. But yeah, the, it's you're absolutely right there. You have to get there three days before eight a.m. <laughs> to get your spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we we've got a very similar situation in a lot of different fisheries at a lot of different times and places where it is overcrowded. It yeah. absolutely is. But, you know, those fisheries would not exist. And, and, and a day or two of overcrowding is a small price to pay. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Lenny, we are just about out of time here. It, it pains me to say it because... Don't do it, I can tell you you're in pain now. I, I, love, I love talking to these Maryland fishing guys. There's something about fishing the bay that, uh, man, just... Revs me up. You know what? I got. Let me ask one very specific question just to test the knowledge. Here, are you ready? Really? Yeah. All right. So, Bush River Inlet Memorial Day weekend. (laughs) What should I target? Memorial Day weekend. You're going to tell me channel cats, aren't you? Well, (laughs) I actually, I think I would say if you're looking for reliability, I would just say catfish in general because I think you're going to find some blues up there too now. Okay. I think you will. Um, the cat fishery in this state has gone from kind of second class to holy cow, there are a lot of catfish out there right now. And and channel cats have always been there. It's always been a kind of a neat fishery, but you know, the the way the blues have taken off is just wow, it's pretty unbelievable. But but uh, you know, I have heard, I haven't experienced this myself, but I have heard there are also some snakeheads in the bush now. Really? I have heard that. Hmm. I, uh, the bush and the gunpowder both, actually. Hmm. I might have to just give that a go then. And that's, like you said, as the water gets warmer, the snakes will get more aggressive. Yeah, you got to get skinny. I actually got into, like, schoolies. My my in-laws have a, a place down there. Lucky. I got into some schoolie um, rock bass the one yeah. year. Yeah, you uh, did. Because I was sending Stevie pictures. I'm like, what are these? They look like little rock bass. He's like, they are. Little, <laughs> you know. I guess they call them schoolies, right? That's Oh, rockfish. Rockfish. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was saying rock Stripers. bass. Stripers. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, schoolies. Yeah. yeah, they'll go up there for sure. Yeah. I didn't. I had no idea. Yeah, like, I was what mad I at you then. Yeah. What is this million of fish? Yeah, I keep like, catching catch these. It. I can't keep them off the hook. Oh, What's going on? I hate these things. I hate these nuisance fish. Oh man! All right, Lenny. Anyway, I'm He's sorry. He's still Steve. my three-old, three-day-old shrimp. <laughs> so, so, all right, we, now, now, I'm not going to let you guys go without one final word here. Yeah. Okay? Here's what I'm saying. What are you saying? You guys Say go it, baby. pile in your truck or car or whatever truck and drive down here and get on my boat with me and come fishing. Deal done and done. <laughs> Bring it on. When? All right, I'm quarantined. <laughs> <laughs> okay at some point in the future yeah, we, we absolutely yeah, we, at some we've point been in the near future i was gonna say i'll be there in what eight hours before <laughs> we've been trying to get uh we've been trying to get with dave sikorsky as well we've just we, we got to make it happen you know this this season i'm right at there with some you point. i'll tell you how but, many guys can you fit yeah there's a lot of us we might have to do Uh-oh. this in a couple different trips uh oh! I can I can I can fish six. Okay. All right. That's probably safe then. That's yeah. yeah. We're you're yeah, safe. Yeah, because not everybody till we out, actually yeah. meet that morning and get in the vehicle and get down <laughs> get down there. There's there's probably it'll start with fourteen people. We drop my percentage. It'll probably be four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, well, Lenny, before we let you go, we round out each show with what we call the fast five, mm-hmm. and that's five. Quick questions that uh, that we'll ask you, and you just kind of fire off the first answer that that comes to mind. Uh, and uh, there are no wrong answers, but we'll oh. tell you if they are. But we'll tell you if they are. So, and these uh, they don't have to be. Your answers don't have to be fishing or outdoors related whatsoever. First this thing is, that comes to mind. First thing that comes to mind. This is kind of just a, a get to know Lenny. We you guys probably, do edit this show, right? We abs- uh, This show is heavily, heavily edited. Heavily. Okay. okay, good. Okay, okay. Question number one. What's one thing you can't live without in the outdoors? Uh, all day. 
Old Bay. There you go. Classic answer. I put on great the cereal sometimes. Yeah, really. Good stuff. First thing. <laughs> Ryan's cereal, his milk's 50 degrees. That's right. <laughs> go figure. So, number two, what's your favorite movie? Oh, Star Wars. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Which dun, one? Dun, yeah, dun, which dun, one? Dun, dun. Oh, the original. There is no other one. Okay. That's so what, episode four or something, yeah. nerds would say? <laughs> what <Okay>. would nerds say? <laughs> um, all right, number three then. What is one thing you do every day to prepare for your outdoor lifestyle? Um, brush my teeth. There you That's go. That's a first for us. Yeah. Yeah. Which is scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hygiene is not on the top of the list of uh, a lot of our guests. All right, Bucky, hit him with number four. What's on your bucket list? That's a good one. Mm. You always get that one. Okay, okay. Okay, to successfully daytime swordfish on my own boat. Ooh, that's a that's show specific. in and of itself. Yeah. I haven't made it happen on my boat yet. Yeah. Daytime swordfish. Would you like to sword fight on your boat? We can make that happen. That too, we can. During make the that. day. <laughs> <laughs> He's only sword fought at night on his boat. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, AJ, round us out. Number five. Can you handle this, AJ? I got this. All right, Lenny. What makes you happy? I love that oh, one. Oh, well, a lot of stuff. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Clams and crabs. Clams, Clams and crabs. And crabs. Clams and crabs. Yeah, they they make me happy like pretty In that much order. no matter what. That's what Marilyn does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Lenny, thank you for uh, for joining us tonight. This is a, a fun episode. It was great talking with you. Before we let you go, are you a coffee drinker? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. heck yes. Oh, very cool. Tell them what we got for them, Will. <laughs> You know, I'd like to get you to migrate over to a better cup. Our friends over at Duck Blind Coffee will graciously provide you with a bag of their coffee. And uh, we're just, we're so happy to be friends with them. You're going to love it. Oh, it's good uh, stuff. So stick Please, up. please. Yeah, stay on the line. And uh, as we do this, uh, this closure, we get a little closure finally. Uh-huh. Uh, when... So stay on the line, and uh, I'd like to get your address. We'll send that out to you. But for, rocking, I love it. Yeah, and for anybody listening that wants to get their own bags of Duck Blind coffee, make sure you head on over to duckblind.online. Mm-hmm. Pick, mm-hmm. pick you up some mm-hmm. of that coffee. Migrate over to a better cup. Yeah, buddy. Lenny, there's lots of ways people can follow you and keep in touch with what's going on with Fish Talk Magazine. Could you uh, give us the rundown? Sure, you definitely want to check out fishtalkmag.com. We are going to be beefing up our social presence for all the uh, obvious reasons of people moving around less outdoors these days. Yeah. Normally, the magazine is distributed through uh, stores. You know, we have about 700 locations where you can pick it up. Well, that number is being impacted right now. So we'll be doing a lot on Facebook. Uh, We have a YouTube channel, Fish Talk Magazine YouTube channel, uh, and we're on Instagram. Perfect. Well, hey, thanks again. This was a it was great talking yeah, to you. Thank you very much. Uh, we, hopefully, thank we'll, you. It's been a total pleasure. Yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully meet up sometime this year. We got a sword fight on his boat, Stevie. That's true. That's I'll, I'll bring my it. I'll bring my saber, whatever they <laughs> on guard, whatever they call it. So, all right. Thank you, you Lenny. Yeah, thanks. Bucky. Yeah, buddy. Tell everyone where they can find us. Hey, everybody can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Rutten River Pursuits. And on YouTube, you can find us on Rutten River Pursuits Podcast. 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 And, of course, on the World Wide Webs, the WWWs, if you will. Easy for you to say. RuttenRiverPursuits.com. And, of course, you can download this episode and all our episodes on most podcast apps, such as Apple Podcast, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. AJ, do you heart those radios? I do. I heart them very much. (laughs) I can feel it. (laughs) I knew it. Very cool. (laughs) I knew it. Well, good job, Stevie. Hey, I love talking about bay fishing. Yeah, it's just 
gets me fired up. It's my new Mississippi River, guys. Is it? It's yeah. the, the Mississippi of the Mid-Atlantic. It is the delta that faces the other direction. I heard that. Yeah. I've always Bucky said Bucky wears that. a rust belt. I wear an old bay belt. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Get it on, boys. All right, guys. Till next week. See you, Stevie. See you, boys. Make them weedless. Peace. And there's only two things on my mind in April. I've got one is carnies. The other is nuclear war. Neither one of those are on my mind. <laughs> those are good guesses, though. What <laughs> but about, you're, you're close. What about Easter and getting your spring bulbs planted? Trout and striped bass. Oh, you're fishing. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I should I should have been more more clear. Punxsutawney Phil. Potentially. That could be it. I'm blaming the groundhog. You're blaming the groundhog. I, maybe. Six weeks of Six of, weeks of, of spring. Yeah. Is Punxsutawney Phil located in Pennsylvania? Yes, he sir. sure is. We can track him down uh, if you want. <laughs> Not too far I, from us. We either. need to find that groundhog. <laughs> Talk to him about stripers. I may know a few places. Yeah. That's the only one you told me about so far. He's that, holding that's down. A good, that's a good spot, though, guys. Break out your chart. I'll mark this new hot spot. Yeah, yeah let me. <laughs> yep. We've got a place way up. Buy him a cheesesteak and he'll... You got you to gotta <laughs> buy him lunch first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>